Good everyone. This is Rita Joyan and welcome to the Unbox Your Gift podcast, how to turn a passion into a profession. Today's episode is about how you travel on one path to find your passion, but then you segue into a different one to really hear your calling. And that's what today's episode is about, how you go on one path, but how you segue into something else because something else is pulling at your heartstrings a lot stronger. So my guest today is Diane Ward, who is a writer, storyteller, educator. She helps build brands and grow online businesses through storytelling. But it didn't start off that way. In 2010, Diane developed an online business selling and distributing Egyptian cotton bed linen and accessories. She sold the business in 2018 to focus on teaching, copywriting and storytelling to emerging entrepreneurs. Diane also became an advocate for working mums on TV and radio discussing return to work strategies for working mothers and the rise of the side hustle. Hey, hey. Diane has helped hundreds of aspiring business owners and individuals make an impact and humanize their brand through creative copywriting and storytelling. Diane, welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rita. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Now, I, I always start off with every interview asking my guests about a failure because that allows listeners to build a connection and to see your vulnerability in the journey because it's not all high. So if you could please share a vulnerability, a failure throughout your journey. Sure, Rita, I've got a really good one for you. So when I, when I started my sheep business, I started this, um, you know, 2010 and I was so impatient to just get things going. And we all know that impatience is, there's no place for impatience in starting a business. So with my first shipment of Egyptian cotton sheets, I didn't get a sample first of the actual linen, the Egyptian cotton itself. So I shipped um, hundreds of product, hundreds of items from India without testing the actual quality. And in, when when the sheets came through, they were not Egyptian cotton sheets. I couldn't sell them, mm. so I was landed with this huge monetary outlay yeah. that was just stuck in my lounge room. My God, <laughs> that's huge yeah, failure. That's, that's, that's a lesson learned. That's a complete lesson learned. So I, that's really interesting that you say that because the impatience is what made you order quickly and not do your due diligence to check the sheets. I want to take take me into. Um, the bed, why did you choose bed linen to sell? Because there's, there's so much online about, you know, Amazon selling this and Shopify and sell that and online selling, you know, find something from Alibaba, go sell it yeah. on like an online store. Why did you choose bed linen? True. So I love sheets. I've always loved sheets. I love sleep. So that was the whole reason why I started because I love sleeping in beautiful um, sheets. So I thought, oh, well, if I'm going to start a business, I want to sell something that I love. Mm -hmm. So... That's really the reason why I started the selling the Egyptian cotton sheets. I you loved stuff. Egyptian cotton specifically. I did. I loved it. I loved it. And I, I know I did my research and other people like it too. And I wanted to bring, and the other thing is I wanted to bring, so Egyptian cotton sheets is obviously very expensive. Mm -hmm. So I wanted to, my selling point was to undercut or sell a little bit cheaper than what you could in retail you know, bricks and mortar stores. So that was my sort of hook, I guess you could say. Okay, beautiful. All right. So you get this idea. And at this point, you're a mum. You're a working mum, right? I'm a working mum. I ha Well, no, I just had my first child. Oh. So this was an opportunity for me to do something while I was on maternity leave. Hence the massive mistake I made in the early days of ordering all this stuff 
because I had, you know, a newborn baby and I'm trying to juggle lots of different things at the same time. So, yeah, no, I was on maternity leave when I started. <laughs> With that's the full intention. Brave, being on maternity leave, having a baby and doing a starting a new, that's, you're a brave woman. You're it a brave was. Too, way too brave. <laughs> <laughs> so you, you select, you're on maternity leave, you want to do something while you're at home. Yes. And then you decide bed linen because you love bed linen and Egyptian cotton because it's expensive, but you want to, your differentiation is you're going to sell a little bit less than any, everybody else. Correct. So Correct. then how did that business go? So you do your, an order that is completely incorrect. It's wrong sheets. You're left with this overhead, but now what, what do you do? What did you do with all that sheets anyway? Well, I gave it away. I gave it away. And then I found out that um, I looked at other avenues where I don't have to, you know, import massive amounts of product in because it's not, you know, it's not a, you know, I'm just a, a mom and I don't have a huge endless supply of money. So I then moved on to what's called drop shipping. Mm-hmm. So I found a supplier in Australia that would drop ship for me. So, so they send out the product to the customer and I have no, you know, I don't have to actually touch the item. Yeah. So that, were, that was a great segue into something that was um, affordable as well as sustainable for, you know, for a period of time. Okay. So when you were looking for, so I just, and I want to just take this back a bit because if someone's thinking I want to yeah. show something online, anything, yep. it could be anything. You went, first of all, you researched the product that you wanted to sell and then you found a supplier who could drop ship that. Is that what happened? That's exactly right. So I, yeah, so I, I looked around, I even looked at Alibaba to see if they could do it and lots and lots and lots of different, you know, organisations. But most people wanted, most wholesalers wanted you to buy a massive amount. So that's when I had to look at other ways of, you know, this working for me, which is when I came across the concept of drop shipping, which is pretty, you know, which is amazing. Yes. Yeah. And so can you explain to us, please, just for anyone who's thinking what's drop shipping, if you explain what drop shipping is. Yep. So you find a supplier um, who, who has products in their warehouse mm-hmm. and they, then you sell, you purchase the product from them and they then sell it on to the end customer. So there's, you know, there's a transfer, of, you know, each, each step it takes you, you out on your profit margin but and you don't make as much money but what you do is you've got volume and you don't have to warehouse the product in your on your house in your house or in your backyard or in your garage so it's it's a great concept for side hustlers it's a great option for side hustlers it's it's workable okay so when when it's this is my, my next question is when you find a supplier who can drop ship do they check on the product quality for you on your behalf yeah they do well yeah so that's where everything can fall down. So when you find a dropshipper, what I do is the quality control is hard to maintain. Um, so what I would do periodically is I would send, get them to send anonymously a product to me. So I make sure it's the right quality. It has my label in it because they have to put your labels in it, right? So you've got to make sure all these things are done correctly. Make sure it's packaged correctly. It's got your note in it, your business card, all these sorts of things. So you've got to do spot quality checks to make, because, you know, there's a fair amount of trust that you're putting into this yeah. dropshipper. And um, I did find an amazing dropshipper. He was ama- you know, absolutely beyond reproach and we had a great relationship. Um, so it worked out really well. Okay. So well, that's really interesting, the fact that you, you're selling... How much was the, all the cost of having a business card, of having a label? Like, was that worth the, tr- I mean, there's a lot of running around, even though you're not dropshipping, you're not physically, so there's a lot of run around the back end. There's a huge How amount of running around. Run around is there really? 
Yeah, there is. I mean, like there is, there, there is. And I guess as we move further into this conversation, you'll understand where I got to the point where it became not worth my while. Um, you know, I moved into something else. But in the beginning, you know, I was making money and it, it was fun. And the, But there is, a, a, you know, there's printing, there's, you know, the, the quality control, there's dealing with customers, there's the physical item that, you, you, you know, you're having to deal with. There's, you know, returns and, and all this. There's a lots of stuff that you have to deal with. Yeah. How much time was it taking from you, like per day? Like how much time were you spending on it? Um, in the early, in the setup stage, probably four to five hours a day. And then once you get everything in place, it sort of just runs itself to a certain degree. Um, but, you know, you've got to be on top of it. And, the, and where it can fall down a little bit is if you want to take holidays, you know, there's no one there to pick up the ball while you're on holidays. So you're kind of on all the time. Mm, especially with a mum, being a mum, you're on anyway. 24 yeah, I know, I know. So you never, you never, you never off. So it becomes yeah. really hard work after a while. Okay. And at what point, so you're making some profit, so enough for you to keep you interested and keep you in the game. At yes. what point did it start to just go, I just don't know if this, I want to do this anymore? Yeah. So the number one, re, the, the, probably the primary reason was my drop shipper stopped drop shipping. He wasn't going to do it anymore. Why? But why? Why did he stop doing it? I don't know. I don't know what his reasonings were at the time. Um, and then that was a really good point for me to say, do I really want to continue with this business model? You know, it's taking a lot of my time. I'm making money, but am I making enough for this to continue on? Mm. So I talked back to my husband and we both agreed, well, you know, maybe this is the time that I um, stop. So that was pretty much the reason why I stopped because I didn't have a dropshipper and I didn't have the passion to go and the time and the, you know, the um, determination to go and find another dropshipper because it's yeah. bloody hard work. Yeah, yeah. How do you even go about finding a dropshipper? Is it just something you Google, dropshipper? Google, <laughs> Google yeah, you do, yeah. It's all online research, Google. You find someone, you talk to someone else, you talk to someone else and it's just networking. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So then you realize that you don't, it's not worth your while. Your dropshipper goes, you're like, I just, I'm not, I don't have it within me. So what happens then? Okay. So in my heart of hearts, I'm very entrepreneurial. So whilst I made the decision to stop that business, I had to do something else because I, I, I you know, I'm creative. I love being creative. And what I loved about the business was the marketing aspects of it. And I'm a journalist by trade. So I was able to utilize a lot of my, you know, my writing skills in building my own businesses, you know, so that part I loved. I loved the writing and the, you know, marketing, the storytelling. That was fabulous. So I thought, well, why don't I just do that? So it was a perfect segue into, you know, don't sell a product, mm -hmm. just sell my expertise. Mm -hmm. And it was such a natural um, segue into, into that. It just worked beautifully. Beautiful. And so how did you now start promoting yourself as a copywriter, storyteller? Like, did you have a website first up? Did you go and knit to networking events? Did you go and do a talk? What did you do? So I, I built, so no. Um, so I've always been a freelance journalist. So I've written on the side anyway for magazines, Marie Claire and people like that, uh, magazines like that. So I've sort of had a bit of a network to start off with. And then I... Then, after a little while, I started my website, dianeward.co, and started marketing through Instagram, LinkedIn, and through my physical 
networks. Okay. Um, and that's how sort of that took off. Okay. When you say you started networking or as part of me marketing by Instagram, LinkedIn, is that you writing posts saying, do you want to work with me? Like, are you just putting out content? How, how specifically are you marketing? Yeah. So with, with social media, it's very, um, social media is, is a monster. <laughs> like you got to be really careful with, yes, I did. Well, no, I never, I never said, look, I'm a copywriter. Come and talk to me yeah. because no one will, they'll, they'll, well, you know, they'll run away from someone who tries to overtly sell themselves. Mm. So the way I talk about my business and myself is through storytelling. So on, if you look at my Instagram account, you'll, you'll see um, that I talk about some of my clients, their stories. Um, I talk about my stories. I talk about some of my failures, my shortcomings, my insecurities, you know, things that people can identify with because starting a business is, is hard and you, um, you know, you're constantly questioning yourself, am I good enough? So sharing these sorts of things, people resonate with and you end up building a natural following that way. Okay. How long or how much time did you spend um, working in the bed linen business? Um, probably about six years, I would say. Oh, wow. Six, okay. That's it was a long time. It was a long time. It was fun, you know, and it was great. So, you know, yeah, that seems like a long time, but yeah, it was, yeah, it was. Well, that's a lot of effort and work and, you know, day in, day out. And how long have you been doing your current expertise of copywriting and storytelling? Since, uh, so I've been writing, doing freelance writing for, for a long time and ghost writing, but my doing a lot of ghost writing. So, you know, writing for other people with, with no credit for myself. But my own business, I've been doing it since last year. So not very long. Okay. So last year. So now tell me, comparing your journey from the beginning days of doing your bed linen and drop shipping compared to what you're doing now, is there, a, like, is it the same level of hustle? Is it, or is there a different level of energy that's going into it? Like compare the two for me. Totally different level of hustle going into it. Um, it's much, much, uh, it's much, much easier doing this sort of thing because you're not, you, you're not, you don't have a physical product to sell. It's, it's all about selling yourself, mm -hmm. which is so much easier. Oh, and it comes so much selling yourself is easier than selling a product. Yeah, selling yourself. I, for me, I think it's easier selling myself okay. than selling an actual product. Okay. Um, it's, it's, it's strange to, it's, I guess it comes down to the individual. Um, but for me, I felt it much more easier to sell myself than getting out in my car and going and visiting people, getting on a plane, you know, trying to find, you know, suppliers. Yeah, mm -hmm. this is much, much easier. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I can. Yeah, especially for a mum at home. Absolutely. So you've started this business. Now, now tell me, do you spend more time marketing yourself or do you spend more time actually in the passion of, of writing? I spend a heck of a lot of time marketing. Marketing. Mm -hmm. Mm. more time marketing than what I actually do, um, you know, doing paid work. Yes, yes, 100%. 100%. And that, I yeah. don't you think, Diane, that is the biggest, uh, it's not what you expect when you go and pursue your passion, it's the, but it's the, the only reason why you get to do your passion is because 80% of the time you're marketing your passion. Correct. Correct. And this is often what people underestimate. You know, when you start a business, you're not going to just start it and make money. Yeah so much work that gets involved into into the marketing aspect of it yeah i'd say 80 percent marketing 20 percent making money 100 totally. and 
Yeah. So do you think, like, and I know it's still early days for you, but I, I, I ask this a lot of the times of experts, and I think because you've gone to turn your passion into a profession, has the passion kind of taken a backseat like that? Because it's now you have to earn an income and it's a different relationship now with the passion. Has the, you know, has the passion changed, the writing changed for you or is it still the same? I get that and I understand that and that is so true. And this is, this is where if, you, if, if, what, if the business you're starting isn't a true passion, then, then yes, that will become a problem. So I, can't, I kind of think that the, it weeds out what really is a passion and what really isn't. For me, I, writing and being creative is what is fundamentally what makes me who I am. I love it. So, so far, I haven't lost that passion yet. And I need just keeps feeding me. I love it. And I love helping people with, you know, building their dream businesses through the art of storytelling. Yeah, no, no, I think that's, that's very important. I mean, there's a reason why every time Oprah, most of the times when she speaks, she talks back about her childhood of no running water, of being a little Negro girl, because there's a power of that story. Exactly. And people lose people connect to that. Yeah. People connect more to that than I'm a billionaire and I'm a talk show. You know, like that's nice. That gives credibility. But the, the story as what you do is what creates the connection. Exactly. They need to find something they can cling on to and be, you know, sympathetic to. Yes, 100%, which is why we start the podcast with what's your favorite? <laughs> so that, that level of connection is built throughout the relationship. So what I want to know now is you, in that, in that time period, um, monetizing your brand or monetizing your expertise, you talk about humanizing brand. What does that mean? Okay, so when you've got a brand or if you're selling something, what you've got to do is, you know, you, you're not selling or you're not selling data entry, you're selling to a human being. So whenever you um, go to say something or sell something or communicate something to your ideal customer, you know, remember that they're human beings and you're a human being too. Um, you know, they're, they're not a machine, you're not selling to a machine. So you've got to just think about that every time you go to write something or do some sort of marketing or having a conversation with someone, you know, be your true and authentic self in whatever form that comes to. So that's what humanizing your brand is. So how do you, how do you put that into words? How do you, so, so, so for example, if we take at some of the big brands like Apple, Google, Facebook, yep. do you think they've done, in your opinion, do you think they've done a good job of humanizing their brand? A hundred percent. You know, Google and Apple are the biggest brands in the world. Mm. And the reason why is they're always telling stories. They're always, you know, telling that they're not just selling their Apple iPhones. They're selling an experience behind the Apple. They don't go and say, hey, buy my phone. If you look at their ads, they're, they're telling, they're giving you an, they, they take you on an experience with their phones. You know, they want you to feel something or experience something. So, you know, they've nailed the storytelling beautifully. So you don't just go and sell your product, you sell a story about that product so they can go along that journey with you and they want to see it through right to the end. So they've nailed it 100%. So if we can all emulate their, their story, way of storytelling, we'd all be making, you know, that sort of money. Yeah, yeah, you know, and, and I think that that's, that's completely true of why they've become who, who they've become. How does someone who is listening to this and is looking or has started their, their own little their gig or they've, you know, have put a few years into it. How do you start to tell a story? Like what is, is there a formula that you can share with us to tell a story that's authentically 
us and not another person's persona? Yeah, there's a couple of different ways you can do about it, to, you know, go about it. So one, one way is you, you go about your story, you have an epiphany, and then your story changes into, you know, what you've learned after that epiphany. So that's one way of doing that. It's a three spoke way of doing the story. The other, the other, my three pillars of storytelling is number one, which is what I said before, remember you're talking to a human, not doing a data transfer or not talking to another computer or not talking to this faceless inanimate object. So that's number one. Mm-hmm. Number two, whenever you're selling something, um, try and tell a story about or tell an experience or a real life event about your, something that's happened to a customer or yourself or an employee and building that sort of real life experience. Um, And it doesn't have to be related to the product. It's just something that in some way, shape or form is related to what you're trying to sell um, to your ideal customer. Mm -hmm. And number three, and we hear this a lot, it's be authentic. We hear it everywhere. And it's, we hear it because it's true. You know, it's, it's, you know, people don't want to just, hear about the the wonderful aspects of yourself or your product they want to hear they want to know something that's a bit more deeper they want to know what you stand for they want to hear you know your failures your wins and they want to hear the whole story in whatever form that comes in comes into so they're the three things that i would i personally use when i'm teaching storytelling to my um audience okay okay so if, if that's the thing now, what's really resonating with me when you're saying that is when you're, as you say, everyone uses the word authentic, be authentic, be authentic. Mm-hmm. And authentic, what I love the definition that you gave is just to just explain where it is you are and the lessons learned and be as honest about that with the failures. Do you feel that people can lose credibility by sharing that? No, no, I don't. Um, I don't, not at all. Because, because you know, like people want to know more now than what they've ever known before. You know, we're living in an age where we can't lie. We can't, you know, people want more than just the the beautiful glossy, Mm. um, you know, stories. They want to hear, they want to go deeper. Um, So no, I don't think, you know, they will not lose credibility. If if anything, they, they will, they'll resonate with their customer. You know, the the customer will realize that they're human you know, if you've been on, if you're starting a business and you've been on a journey that's not quite so beautiful, you know, someone else who's trying to going to do the same thing as you, they'll they'll resonate with that. They'll they'll be able to, um, you know, say, oh well, you know, that's happening to me too. Look where they've they've ended up. Um, you know, maybe I can get to that space too. So no, I don't. Not at all. They won't lose credibility. Okay. All right. Not at all. So, in your opinion, what has been the best marketing move? I mean, and I know you're a writer, so you write. Where do you write? Do you write on blogs? Do you write on medium.com? Do you write, like, where is the best place to really engage with your, with people who you want to share your expertise with? So for me, the most um, significant place would be in order would be Instagram because you've got a lot of people out there who are dissatisfied with their nine to five. They want to start a side hustle and that is where they're going. So most of my customers come from Instagram who are wanting to do, follow the same journey that I've been on, but, you know, don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. So that's number one. Number two, I would say would be LinkedIn, um, who also, you know, the professionals, maybe they're 
you know, want to do something different. So that's another great way of marketing um, my services as well. And things like what I'm doing with you now, this sort of thing is, is ideal, you know, getting the name out there, having, doing podcasts with people, mm-hmm. linking up with like-minded people, mm-hmm. um, networking, going to networking events, talking about what you do. Um, and for me also, I, yeah, writing on Medium is, is great. Um, so lots of, little, lots of little things, but the two main things would be Instagram and LinkedIn. And did you take any, like, did you just learn Instagram on your own, LinkedIn on your own, or did you take a course or did you go and spend time learning about the platforms or did you just go dive straight in and start posting? Dive straight in. So with Instagram, there's so many free um, resources out there. So um, just go and, you know, if you get on Instagram, lots of, you know, paid advertisements will come up and you'll just find people. And, you know, I've done heaps of free courses on Instagram and learnt, you know, some of the tricks of the trade on Instagram because Instagram is, is different to Facebook. You know, it's, it's sort of business-centric. Um, you know, it's a great place for business, you know, great place of businesses to um, talk about, you know, what they're doing. Um, but there are tricks that you need, to, you know, that you can learn. So, yeah, definitely free courses there. And similarly with LinkedIn, I've been on LinkedIn for forever mm. so you know i've got a i've got a handle on linkedin yeah. uh but instagram took me a while to to mark i mean i so have nowhere near mastered linkedin um instagram but i'm getting there. there and and are you using different strategies on the two different platforms or is it the same strategy no it's completely different so instagram is very social um you know you, you, the sort of things you post on instagram are different to linkedin linkedin's still very very business-ish mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to be a little bit careful the way you pitch yourself. So um, definitely different. Whereas Instagram, you know, I'll p- post photos of myself, you know, you know, a day in the life of Diane, things like that. But LinkedIn, it's, 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 it's a bit more business-like. Do you ever yeah. approach people? Yeah. Do you ever approach people on LinkedIn directly? And because I get this no. all the time. I get pictures in my inbox on LinkedIn all, and I'm like, what? I don't even know if you, like, do you do that? <laughs> no, 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 no. That's a big as far as I'm concerned, that's a big no-no. Yeah. I hate that. Yeah. I get that a lot myself and I just delete it. I think it's cheap. It's yeah. gross. I don't yeah. like it. I, yeah. I wouldn't do that. And it, it's just, it, it completely just discolors the whole, like, who are you and why would you like, because there's a way, and that's why I said as the strategy different, because there are two different platforms that require two different types of approach and I know because something like Instagram they're huge on hashtags they're huge on influencer marketing and teeing up people like that and then on LinkedIn it's completely different where it's more currently is more the organic reach and the connections that you build and the tags that you put on there so and it's just interesting the way that you're using both platforms to just extend your reach do you do anything on um on video I do sometimes videos are look videos is, is is essential you know it's um, it's definitely the way of the future. Mm-hmm. You'll see most businesses doing video on Instagram. It's called Instagram Live mm-hmm. um, and LinkedIn. They're really sort of you know the algorithm fav- uh, favors videos. So you know videos is definitely the way of the future. Um, I'm starting to do it now. Um, I'm starting to sort of get comfortable with doing videos and talking about you know what I do via videos rather than the written word. Um, but certainly it's, you know, if you're starting a business, videos is definitely the way you would want to, you would want to move into that pretty quickly. As sure. a person who's very good at the written word, did you find it difficult to, to use video? Yes. Uh, well, yes, yes. I mean, doing videos is, is, 
you know, you're producing your own video, mm. you know, you've got to get comfortable on camera. Mm. Um, it's, it's certainly, unless you're an actor, it's, it's, it's kind of difficult to do, but I'm sure it becomes easier over time. <laughs> <I'll let you laughs> <know>. <laughs> It's what I'm telling myself. It's what I'm telling myself. It's going to get easier. Yeah, exactly. I'm sure. I'm sure it becomes easier. Um, you know, but it's 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 a great medium. You, you know, videos is definitely something that you want yeah. to master. Super. So, Dan, my last question is: If someone was listening to this and they're thinking of selling their an, a product online versus running with an expertise. What are the, the common, what's the things that they should be doing if they're going to start drop shipping or selling a product? What are the top three things that you would say to just watch out for or to do if you're going to go sell a product online? Like what's the things to keep in mind? So if you're going to drop ship, you need to um, do your research. So go to your, go, go to your drop shipper, go and have a look at all their products. Mm -hmm. um, talk to some of their customers find out, you know, do, do research that way. Have, do they have, go through their um, website, have a look at everything. Um, usually um, they'll have an Instagram account. So go through their Instagram account, see what sort of comments they're getting. Um, so do your research. Um, number two for dropshipping, it's not easy. Is a lot of work involved. You know, there's a lot of running around. There's, um, you know, it, it's not, it's not easy. And number three is be patient. You know, if the, these sorts of things don't just blow up overnight, there's a lot of hard work involved, a lot of dedication, a lot of research. Um, so you, you need to have patience. P businesses just don't come to fruition overnight. It's a, it's a, it's a long process. Mm. Um, so if you're not in it for the long haul, forget it. Yeah. How long did it take before you just uh, turned over a profit with dropshipping? Um, I would say a couple of probably a year because a lot of the profits that I, a lot of the money that I made, I just sunk back into the business mm -hmm. um, with labels and packaging and marketing campaigns and things like that. So, you know, a couple of years probably before I started to turn a profit. Mm. And would you say it's probably, I mean, I know it's very still early days with, um, with your current work, yeah. but do you find that you, the money that you earn is pretty much pulled, pulled back in at some point because you need to invest in yourself to learn something, upskill yourself or to get some kind of software for your computer or upgrade your computer or anything? Do you find the same? I mean, I know it's still early days, but do you yeah. find that or no, it's different? No, it's, it's, it's similar. It's the same but different. So, um, yes, the money I make, I do put back into things like advertising, um, when I say advertising, advertising through social media, so sponsored posts and things like that. Um, and then, yes, you know, I went, I bought a um, microphone, um, you know, a $500 microphone, you know, so, you know, it's, you know, technology is expensive. So a lot of the money, a lot of the money I make goes into um, keeping my software up to date. But that's it, you know, m once I get to a point where I don't need to invest in myself, you know, doing the sort of thing I do, which is, is consulting and I'm actually selling a product. The money just goes, you know, it's easier money to, it's a better way of making money. It's an easy, it's, I wouldn't say easier, but it's, it's a less complicated way. Less of complicated, yeah. yeah. More convenient, convenient. It's more convenient, especially if you've got a family and like I've got a young family and I've got a couple of kids now and, you know, I can, you know, help them with their home homework while I'm, mm over here doing some stuff on, on the computer. So I'm not having to go in my car and go places or fly places. It's, so it's easier. Yes, yes, 100%, 100%. So Diane, if someone wanted to learn more about your work and to see how you teach storytelling and how you work with people, where can they go? 
Yes, so please come and see me at dianeward.co. So that's D-I-A-N-N-E-W-A-R-D.co, C-O. Um, I'm also on Instagram. You can find me on Instagram under Diane Ward. Um, so please drop by and I'd love to chat with you. You can ask me any questions you like. Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's fantastic. And I think that's great to see the work that you're doing, even to connect with you there so that anyone else who's looking to build the expertise, they can follow you to see how you're getting your word out, getting your marketing out. So that that connection there allows someone to see it in action, right? Absolutely, for sure, 100%. Wonderful. Well, Diane, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on board on the podcast with me today, sharing your journey, really just like giving me the warts and all of dropshipping, the warts and all. Of, I mean, even there's the great parts of it. And really knowing the fundamental thing is that you have to be very passionate about doing it in the long run. And I just want to share something with you, Diane, that I, I was hearing today, and I can't recall who said this, but they said that when you find your passion, or when you're trying to seek out your passion, the best thing to do is to go and test it, as in, you know, go engage with it, and then ask yourself, do I want to be the best in the world at this? And with the warts and all that come with it, because everything, nothing is perfect in terms of pursuing a, 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 a passion, but in the pursuit of it, am I happy to go with, you know, a, you know running around finding a dropshipper, running around finding product, researching the person? If, if I'm happy and I'm wanting to be the world best at this, selling this product, then you go all in. And then if you're not, then you come back and then you reroute and go into something else, which is I find is exactly what happened to you that you went all in with dropshipping and realized, no, nah, this is not my, my gig. This is not my rodeo. And you got mm -hmm. back out and now you reroute. And I think that's the perfect reason why I wanted you on the podcast to show people the, uh, the opportunity that's available that you just got to test and measure and test and measure and get curious. And then like you are right now, you found yeah. a balance with a passion that can really serve you and serve your family which is the golden, golden Absolutely. Price. I 100% agree to that. And sometimes you need to go down these pathways mm. to find out what you really, because if I didn't go down that drop shipping route, my sheets, sheets and so on, I probably wouldn't have pivoted or moved into what I'm doing now. So sometimes you need to go down those routes to find out, you know, where your journey is going to take you. Mm. So um, I would 100% agree with that statement. Wonderful. Fantastic. Well, thank you so, so much, Diane, for being part of the podcast. I've truly appreciated your time and having you share your story. So thank you. Thank you so much, Rita. It's been awesome to share this time with you. Thank you. Thank you guys for listening. And we'll catch you on the very next episode of Unbox Your Gift. God bless.